Are you thinking about starting a podcast? Great. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a platform. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Everyone loves free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor, they'll do the rest. They'll distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and many more. And guess what? You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're ready, guess what? Download the free Anchor app today. Basically, all you have to do is go to anchor.fm and get started. That's anchor.fm. Click today and get started. You're listening to the Life Structure with Eric Podcast. Pardon our deaths. We are about to build greatness. Let's go! The Life Structure with Derek podcast was designed to inspire individuals to make the choice to detach themselves from any and everything that has torn at their infrastructure and no longer grant access to their past. We provide the tools to create your own unique blueprint so you can live your life according to your own uniqueness. Welcome to Life Structuring with Eric podcast. I am your host, Eric. Please take the time to share this out. Hit that share button, like, and make sure that you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Please hit that subscribe tab and as well, Hit that notification tab so every time that we load a new video, you will get that notification. Hope everyone's Monday is going well. Um, I have a good friend of mine that I met uh, a few months ago, but we actually got the chance to chat last week, and I invited him on to my show. Uh, He is a great guy, full of knowledge, very humble. That's why I connected with them. And uh, we're going to just chat today about um, a few different things. More than anything, uh, what it means to form genuine, authentic relationships. But more so than anything, having that relationship with Christ first. And, um, you know, building that strong mindset, you know, so that you can be a unique strong and creative uh leader so yeah i have a good friend of mine paul lemire with us today and uh i'm going to bring him on at this time welcome to the show paul how's it going awesome i'm doing great thank you so much eric for having me super excited to be here yes sir and i i thank you for uh 
being on. I know you're all the way in Massachusetts, so uh, totally different time zone. So um, glad to have you on. Uh, I promise you I won't keep you too long past your bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, before we jump into the conversation, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what it is that you do. Sure. So I live in Northwest Massachusetts. Everybody thinks, oh, you, you don't talk like people from Massachusetts. We live two and a half, almost three hours from Boston, almost in New York State in uh, Southern Vermont. Uh, so we're out in the Appalachian Mountains, beautiful, beautiful area. Um, what I do now is leadership development and coaching. Uh, but two years ago, when the pandemic first started, I got laid off as a teacher. I'd have been a high school Spanish and English teacher for about 10 years. And before that, I was a Christian missionary, um, was a youth pastor and associate pastor as well during, during those years in my 20s. Uh, but I'm really excited this season of life to be leading my business, which is called Lemire Leadership Solutions, getting to work with organizations, especially those that are mission-driven, that are into people development, um, and, and looking to influence not only the people that that they staff, but beyond the organization itself, they want to, you know, organizations that want to make a bigger difference. So definitely the, the nonprofit sector and, and schools, churches, organizations like that, uh, mm -hmm. definitely those that are interested in, in, in transforming the communities that they live in. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, uh, that outreach is, you know, very important. I love it. Um, so reading your bio, you know, I see we have something in common. You know, we grew up in that household, you know, with just, you know, mothers just doing their best to make ends meet. And, you know, same thing for me. It was it was hard times a lot. Um, let's talk a little bit about that, but how you started to do you know, the missionary work. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Our lives are like onions, right? You know, it, it, yes. it, it, it is funny. Our, they seem to just keep having layers that need to be peeled away though. Right. <laughs> right. The onion doesn't just disappear. So it's this layer after layer after layer. Um, and it's funny that we're talking about my past because just a couple of weeks ago, some things kind of surfaced from being eight years old and, uh, mm. You know, so some of this stuff is very fresh on my mind. My, my parents got divorced when I was about eight years old and my mom moved a couple towns away into a housing project uh, for low income families. And my dad moved 3000 miles to California and in a way abandoned us for, for a lot of years. He came back for Christmas and things like that, but never set support. So we grew up, my brother and I, as latchkey kids, my mom working two, sometimes three jobs to support us. And she was always, you know, a few dollars over the, uh, the amount to get assistance. So we were never able to get assistance. She was, she's still to this day, a hardworking woman. She's, she's, she's a go-getter. She, she works hard and, and does what she needs to, to get things done. But, uh, you know, it was funny. I grew up when I, when I became an adult, really having compassion, you know, thankfully we didn't live in, in that, that severe poverty for too many years. My mom remarried a man who kind of brought some structure in. He, he, he was a Marine, a retired Marine. So uh, he was tough. We weren't used to having that kind of a structure, but I'll tell you the structure saved my life. 
Uh, mm. It really gave me what I needed to, to get me pointed in the right direction. But I grew up having a lot of compassion and wanting to help people come out of you know, the life of poverty in that. But what I didn't realize is being a missionary, I was still surrounded and entrenched in that poverty. And it affects everything. It affects the way we think. It affects the way we view life. Everything is is kind of looked at through the lens of of wondering if we're going to have enough, wondering if we're going to have enough money, wondering if we're going to have enough time, uh, wondering if relationships in our lives are going to last. So there's there's a lot of trust issues and things like that that happen. And it, it wasn't until I, I ended up getting married uh, in Africa, actually, my wife was a missionary as well. I was working in Mexico and Central America. She was in East Africa. And I went over there to quarter. We got married and, and God sent us to California. Um, mm. She's from North Dakota. I'm from Massachusetts. So we didn't know where we were going to end up. Neither of our families had met the other one of us. Uh, it was kind of a God thing where we came together. But I always tell people we, we landed in the Bay Area of California. And even, you know, 2011, a few years after the recession of 08, things were really bouncing back very, very quickly, place of, of innovation. People believe that you could do anything you put your mind to. And they weren't struggling the way that, that people were in the areas that we grew up. And we didn't have the means of being able to come back and visit family for three years. So I always tell people it took three years for God to get the poverty out of us so that we could, we could you know, help people and, and, and really understand the effects and, and how poverty works to a deeper level. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, um, wow. So you guys actually met while doing missionary work. Yeah. We, when I was a youth pastor, I, uh, uh -huh. I was a youth pastor for a few years out of college and, and doing a little bit of short-term mission work in between there. And we met at a children's training conference. Actually, I was, I was mm -hmm. youth pastor for teenagers, but there was nobody for the younger kids. So I decided, teens, you, you've been with me for a couple of years. You're, you're going to start working with me and we're going to start training the little kids in church. Okay. Yeah. So um, one of the things I hear uh, that I pulled out of that um, pretty much in your, you know, your younger years, you, you know, you had that relationship, you know, with Christ. So your relationship with Christ started pretty early. And um, let me go back a little bit. So basically, back in July, um, we both are in the uh, GMT uh, leadership. So um, I had kind of posted, you know, in there. And that's when you kind of sent me a, a message. And one of the things that, well, I, I received a few messages, but one of the things that stood out to me when you said, uh, you know, you would like to know more about my story. You know, you would like to, you know, eventually, hopefully uh, one day I may can do some stuff with your pastor. And I was like, OK, he's a you know, he's he, he's a man of God. He has a relationship with Christ. And I see that that relationship started like early, early on in your youth years. So um, let's talk about how important is it in whatever you are building to have that relationship with Christ? Oh man, that's a, that's a no brainer for me. It's essential. Uh, you know, we live in a society where there are no absolutes anymore. Mm. And I think that's a real big issue that people are having 
if if nothing's absolute, there's nothing that's firm that we can stand on. So having some right. absolute truths, having that having that foundation in Christ, and and knowing that, you know, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's so much hope in that because we, we we have something to stand on. We have something to launch from when everything looks hopeless around us. For us, things are not hopeless because we 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 have a foundation. We are rooted and grounded in Christ, and and He changes not. His His love is the same. Is you know, it's, 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 it's a real comfort to have that. It's funny, you know, going back to eight years old, something about eight years old, you know, my mom, I remember her leading me to Christ and, and the Lord was always her rock through all of that. So mm. I my rock throughout everything. And, you know, there were a lot of questions. We grew up in, 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 you know, more, I grew up Baptist. So it was very traditional. Um, now I lean more on the charismatic side, you know, assemblies of God, um, you know, non-denominational, but, but we definitely believe in, you know, I always tell people we have two, we have two teachers. We have, we have the word of God, the written word of God, the Bible, which I love because of my Baptist upbringing. I love, and I value that word, but we also have the Holy spirit. And, you know, when I read the word today, I want to partner with the spirit of God and let him help me to understand what do you mean? You know, what do you mean by that? Because what was written back then, the culture was different, but the heart and the message have not changed in thousands of years. It's still the same. Oh my goodness! Is that That's right? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, 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 I love that. I love it because you know you said the word, and then the Holy Spirit, and that's you know, and it's it's just so amazing how the Holy Spirit, you know just manifests through certain things, you know, people, places, and things. It just depends on your connection, you know, with him. What do you get out of the word? Because sometimes, sometimes I can read something, you know, and I can pull that scripture and it kind of makes sense to me. But as I dig deeper to try to research more so, what what exactly does it mean? And sometimes you just have to pray on it. Yeah. And then sometimes it just, he'll manifest it in a whole different way. And you can just reflect back on that scripture. And it's like, whoa, here it is right here, plain and put. So yeah, I totally get what you, the way that you just broke it down. Totally get it. And another thing is, you know, when you have that relationship with him, it's just amazing how the relationships that you can create from having that foundation, you know, because it allows us to take the blinders off and, you know, you can pretty much see people, some people for, you know, they can be across the room and just you watching them from afar, the way that they interact and you can tell that they, you know, they, their life is built built off of the foundation of Christ, you know, and when you start to form those genuine relationships with them, you know, it's definitely someone that he sent you to connect with. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, it's, it's funny. I have really learned to see Christ in people and, and mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, it's something God gave me as a gift. We had a guest speaker, a couple years ago come who I, I just felt like I needed to be with him. 
and I couldn't figure it out. I didn't need him to talk to me. I just, I wanted to be in his presence. I felt like whatever he carried, just kind of, kind of, Jesus just came out and spilled all over the place, you know, and I just yeah, wanted to be yeah. with him and, and in his presence and whatever he had, I needed it to get on me a little bit. And, uh, you know, God showed me through that. We never got to get together. Uh, you know, different, different things happened over the course of that weekend. And I can remember Sunday morning thinking, God, I don't know why you put it on my heart to hang with this guy if you weren't going to make it happen. And, and I was worshiping and, and basically I, I, I clearly heard the Lord just minister to my heart. And he said, you know why you want to hang out with this guy? He says, it's, it's me and him that you're drawn to. And mm. immediately, you know, I had the full understanding. It doesn't matter who I'm with. I get to be with Jesus anytime. But ever right. since day, it's like I see Jesus in people. And I enjoy hanging around with people because there, there are a lot of times I just enjoy hanging around with the Jesus in them. And they carry, they carry a part of his nature. You know, he, he's put himself in each, each of us in a different way so that we can come together as a body. And, and, you know, whereas when I was younger, I would feel like I had to be all things to all people. And I would fall into that comparison trap. Now I, I don't worry about, I enjoy the differences in people because I recognize that God's God's put something unique in, in you, Eric, that, that I get to benefit from. And he's put something in me that's unique that you get to benefit from. We don't have to try yeah. to be each other. We just get to, we get to be, get to enjoy just. Yes. The, and, and when the body comes together, it's almost like the fullness of Christ that we're seeing, which to me is, I get excited about that. Exactly. I love how you put that, you know, because it's not a competition. You know, he's he's implanted something in both of us. And, you know, we both have a heart to serve him. So, yeah, we strengthen. We we supposed to come together and bounce off of each other and pour into other people. You know, it's not about a competition. It's you know, we he's not going to do no more than the other than he does. For the, you know, he's not going to do any more for you than he do for me, you know, but if you get your blessing before me, I supposed to applaud you because that moves that just moved you out of my way so I can get my blessing. <laughs> so, you know, we both, you know, we both supposed to, you know, live for Christ and continue to pour into people. And, you know, I love how, you know, um, when I read about your wife and yourself, how. I think you said it was like six years that you guys just uh, took it upon yourself to surround yourself by people, you know, that could help, you yeah. know, strengthen, you know, strengthen your walk, strengthen your mindset, you know, so you could be true leaders. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And that's, you know, that season was such an important season. It was it was difficult. My 30s were tough. I, uh, I was so happy. I turned 40 the year of the pandemic in 2020 and it was just 40 was an amazing year. I was excited and it was funny because we, even before the pandemic hit, we always get a word from, uh, from God for the year and the word for 2020 that God gave us was thrive, uh, mm -hmm. which for many, you, you think thrive 2020, but we really did thrive. Uh, and, it, and it was such a great way to end my 30s because the 30s, part of the reason they were challenging is, is 
I, I am not going to stop. If, if I need to grow, I'm going to, I'm going to go through whatever I need to, if it means me growing, if it means me getting free. And, and it was, it was a decade of me really coming into wholeness in a lot of different ways. I had come out of, you know, living, you know, I had my, I had broken off from a ministry that was very, very controlling when I was 30, 30, almost 31, and then gone right into marriage. So I had a lot of healing to do that, that were related to spiritual father wounds and things like that. And one of the things that, that, that I first changed was, you know, coming out of that, that first, you know, ministry, I got a lot of really great foundational stuff, but there were some things that I had to kind of let fall away as well. And it was very prophetic uh, ministry. It was, it was, you know, signs, miracles, and wonders, a very powerful ministry, but the prophecies were always about the warnings, the things that were going to hold you back, the, the, the character flaws, the issues like that. So the first thing that I made a point of wanting to change is I wanted to see the golden people. I wanted to see people the way God saw them. And I, I had gotten really, really good at seeing the dirt in people. Mm. So it took, it took a while to train myself. And because I had had the dirt in my life called out over and over in my life, it took a while to see the gold in me as well. And, you know, God started to bring us through this, this, this season. And I just wanted a friend, you know, I've always, I've always felt a little bit odd. Like I don't fit in. I, I just, I'm a, I was telling my wife that this week again, like, <laughs> honey, I just, you know, part of it is because I'm a pioneer. I'm a forerunner. Even the way I did missionary work, people say, oh, what, what organization were you with? What denomination were you with? I just went where God called me to go. I can remember as a college kid, he told me to go to, to, to Yucatan. I had never heard of Yucatan. I had to pull out a map and find out where it was. And then I remember telling the Lord, I'll give up my scholarship waiver if you want me to go. I know I've heard from you. And he made it made it so that I, I had an independent study, didn't have to lose my my scholarship waiver. And I was able to go and minister for five months. Wow. But it just, uh, you know, coming in, I, I, I wanted some friends. I wanted some people that were like me that that I could just be friends with and my, my wife, too. And I can remember I got to this point where I realized, OK, the only way I'm going to find this friend that I want is I need to be that for other people. So I started to, to, you know, and so often in life, we've got to be the people we want in our own lives. We've, we've got to model it. We've got to be those people first. But we were at this church uh, called Blazing Fire, and it was an interesting church. It was in the Bay Area, kind of in the center of the Bay Area in a, a, a town called Pleasanton. And people from up to two hours would come from all different areas of the Bay into kind of this hub. And you know, it was great, but we never had fellowship. We were this, these amazing people. So the leaders of the church, you know, gotten together and, and prayed and fasted and felt like God wanted them to put together some home groups for the different regions that were represented in our church. And the church was really, it, it, it is very unique. It's, it's still, you know, alive and strong, but they really, the, the, the pastor, the, the, the senior pastor, just carries the father heart of God. And that's what he brings forth more than anything is, is how much God loves you and, and how much he's championing you and celebrating you. And that was an important, important season for me to be a part of that church because I was, I was growing in, in that place of, of learning how to let go of the works and just being able to rest in him, recognizing that no matter what, 
he loves me. It's not going to change. Mm. And coming into a place of, of, of the deepest intimacy that I that I'd ever experienced, I've always been really big about intimacy with the Lord, but this particular season, even more so. And what happened was our home group came together and these, these home groups were not just cell groups like a lot of churches have. The whole idea behind them was we're going to do life together. And we, we made a commitment to each other. I, I, call, it, I call it covenant relationship. And, and I know I, I don't drop that, that phrase or, or the word covenant lightly because it's been used to control people and other things. But, but really, that's what it was. it was. It was really understanding we're in covenant with Christ, but we're also in covenant with each other as the body of Christ. We are a family. In this group, there were about seven of us. They, we had one son at the time. And so they graciously met at our house so that we could put him down to bed early and, and still carry on with our fellowshipping. But we, we made an agreement that we were not going to get offended and just walk away. We were going we to bravely communicate. We were going to do life together. And it wasn't always easy. I, I, I feel like I held people back. There were people that were ready to go out after it, signs, miracles, and wonders. They were ready to build ministry, and I just was not at that place. So they 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 waited on me. They were patient mm-hmm. with me, loved on me, and and I can remember there was a scientist in her group, and she was very strong, strong personality, very bold, very direct. And I'm sensitive. I'm an empath. I like to I see I see from many different perspectives as part of how God made me, part of my personality makeup, and she'd hurt me sometimes without in wanting to hurt me, but it felt like, do you realize you're hurting me? And I can remember we had to walk this out and I was nervous because I'm, I thought I'm opening my heart up to her. I know we've made this commitment to each other, but is she going to walk away? She, she, she going to get nasty and shut me down or, or is she really going to listen? And so I stepped in bravely though, and, and started walking it out. We did this as a group and it was amazing because she helped me toughen up a little bit because I needed to, I needed to toughen up and get a little bit of a tougher skin, but I helped her to understand that what I was feeling, other people were feeling the same thing. She had been hearing some others, coworkers in that, that were sharing the thing, the same things, but she couldn't, she couldn't see it because of blind spots mm. and, and we were able to help each other and walk it out. And because of that, we went much deeper than we could have ever gone. And the group went much deeper uh, you know, that group ministered to us with, with, uh, remember we, we miscarried our first child bef- before my oldest was born and, and, and it took years like that onion there, there were layers of healing and, and we lost the baby on the mission field and had to cross an international border. It was this really very traumatic really. And, uh, and it really affected my walk with God, but I can remember them walking us through my, my, my wife was pregnant with, I guess, technically our third baby at the time. And it was so interesting how God worked this because it was only women that showed up to the group that night. The guys, for some reason, couldn't show up. And, and these women just ministered to us deeply. And, and my wife ended up miscarrying our, our, uh, our, our second miscarried baby uh, just like four or five days later. But it was amazing because that miscarriage, we put a stake in the ground and we said, devil, never again. This is mm. never we will never allow this again and we will get vengeance. And we've, we've prayed for many, many women who have, who have, you know, started spotting and bleeding or, or diagnoses of babies in the wombs. And every single baby, praise God, has been healed, has been born. Amen. But we put a stake mm. in the ground. We didn't understand why it had happened, but we had this immense peace over us. We knew that, that, that the enemy came and somehow stole, he robbed us, 
but we, we, we had a peace that we didn't have because of, because of that group ministering to us. So kind of a long story short, this group really taught us that it was possible to go really deep in, in relationship with people, especially when you've got Christ as your center, that, that relationships at that depth are, are, are very possible. And, and I'm an advocate. I was telling somebody this morning, I believe that in order to come into full wholeness, yeah, Jesus not to take away from, from Christ. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. But I think without the community, without the relationships within the body of Christ that he's created for us, it's a much lar- longer and a much arduous journey if we're just doing it with him. He created yeah. in community. And when you've got a group of people that have committed to not walking away when things get tough, when you get ugly, uh, when, 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 when the things in your heart start to come to the surface and they walk you through those things. And, 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 and honestly, it's, it's like, it brings you into a place of wholeness, you know, so that we can walk with people like that. I mean, we're walking with a, with a friend of ours right now, everybody else has given up on her. And, mm. and we, we told her we were in this for the long haul with you, sister. And like us, sometimes she's she's run away she's gotten afraid she's put those walls up she's gotten afraid what if what if they you know what if they give up on me and we don't chase her because we understand hey that's where she's at she might never come back we hope she does because when she does we're going to be here and we're going to embrace her with open arms and we're going to keep right. walking with her you know yes. but it takes it takes a level of wholeness that we could have never gained without that group in california who committed to us who we committed to as well to be able to do this for, for, for people like our friend right now. Man. Wow. Yeah. That, Ooh, that sounds like it. It's just sounds like it was a powerful group. Um, I mean, when you were telling that story, I, you know, I was getting goosebumps cause I can only, you know, imagine just the pretty much just, the impact of it, you know, having people, you know, a group of people just minister to you like that. And, you know, and at the same time, you know, because a lot of times based off of what you just said about the miscarriages, so many people shut down, they lose hope. And a lot of people never try again, you know, and it's scary. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, you know, my wife and I, we went through it and we were literally less than two weeks away from the due date. And, you know, it was, man, you know, I don't wish it on my worst enemy to see someone go through that. You know, um, it was a horrific time, horrific time, you know, but for whatever reason, you know, it was in God's plan for us. You know, it took us a while to get through it. But like yourself, we were able to connect with some people that helped push us through that trying time, you know. um, And yeah, but, you know, later, you know, we ended up having two beautiful daughters, man. Um, But uh, yeah, it's it's just amazing when people see something in you like you said you guys have someone that you're pushing through right now it's just amazing when people see something in you they see you're going through something and so many people have pretty much given up on you 
but you say, hey, I'm not giving up on you. You know, I'm not going to chase you down, but we're here for, for you. And a lot of times you just have to keep the faith that the prayers that we're, you know, sending up for them, that it will keep them, you know, keep them protected while they're going through this dark season, you know, because a lot of times people run away from those prayers because they're scared of what it's going to, you know, pretty much transform them into. And like myself, I ran from prayer for years, you know, but I thank God that those prayers, like I just said, one of the things I know my mom prayed for was that her prayers would protect me, mm. you know, during that dark season that I was going through because, you know, the life that I was living, you know, it was anything on any given day. You know, I could have easily been in the wrong place at the wrong time and a bullet could have took me out, you know, so those prayers, you know, kept that bullet from, you know, hitting me. Yeah. And, you know, we and I mean, for someone like myself, I was protected from that. But, you know, and we see on the news every day, you know, people just being in the wrong place at the wrong time and someone just starts shooting and they lose their life, yeah. you know, um, and not to take anything from it. But, you know, how many people, you know, so many of us, we lose insight. We're so busy in our day in and day out life, you know, that, you know, we leave out of the house, you know, um, before I, you know, before I said, I said all the time, before I even pull this thing, you know, up in the morning, you know, I'm going to lay on my back and I'm just going to meditate and talk to God. And then I'll eventually read. Then I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray, you know, and it's mandatory that I start my day like that. You know, because all he's doing for me, the the least I can do is give him 10 or 15 minutes of my time before I start my day. And so many people, they 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 and, you know, that's why when we are presented with, you know, that that obstacle that comes within our life day in and day out, you know, we can kind of breathe a little bit. Because I'm like, okay, God, whatever, whatever the reason is for you throwing this obstacle in my life, I'm gonna trust you. But when you don't have that foundation and you are not queued up for the day, and you know, you run into that obstacle, you know, you have that woe is me moment, you know, why me? Why is this happening to me? I have to do this and I have to do that. And God's saying, you know, well, you could have given me 10 minutes this morning. You know, if you gave me 10 minutes this morning, you would be a little more patient and accepting to why this, you know, this flat tie that you just had. This flat tie could have just saved you from an accident that was going to be up the street. You know, stop always panicking when something happens. And I'm a firm believer that that goes a long way when you wake up in the morning and you just cue off your day, you know, just spending a little time in his presence. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that attitude of, you know, there's, there's, it's Romans eight twenty eight. you know, <laughs> turning it, he turns, he turns the things around for our good, 
And right. uh, you know, it makes me think I, I can remember this flat tire once and uh, I swear it was an angel. I was out in the middle of the wilderness out in New Mexico. I, I told you I lived in um, out in New Mexico. I went to school out there and uh, I can remember coming back from a hike and I had a flat tire, no cell service. I'm up at, I don't know, 8,800 feet, way up at the top of this mountain, and I got a flat tire. And there's this guy there in flip-flops. He looked like he looked like somebody from California coming off the beach. He had a little puppy. And the guy changed my tire for me. I didn't know how to change the tire. Uh, wow. I changed a tire. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't remember, but I, I remember looking back and the guy was just gone. He was gone. I, I don't know where he wow. went. But that week wow. I got that tire. And the guy had taught me how to change the tire. And I ended up getting into town to a tire place. And the owners of the tire place were Christians. And I was working in Mexico on the weekends. I was teaching Monday through Friday in New Mexico. And on the weekend, I had a house in a border town in Mexico at a feeding program with kids. They bought Bibles. We needed Bibles. So the flat tire going to get it repaired they ended up buying Bibles for my kids in Spanish down in Mexico. So it's funny how wow. God God can work things out and uh, turn things around for good and put you where 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 you want to be. And if you keep that attitude right, like you said, it's there's a lot more joy in it. Yes, it is. It is. And you know, when you keep that firm attitude, you know, it's just amazing. The people, you know, first of all, when you're walking around and you're living to display you know that god lives on the inside of you you know it this you know it displays you know you display it in your walk your talk sometimes it's just your smile you know so one of the things about that it helps you're approachable you know when you're never smiling you know you're not approachable so People definitely not going to see that you may, you know, and you may know the bite, you know, scripture inside and out. But if you're not smiling from the heart and letting that smile show on the outside, you're going to be totally unapproachable, you know. And that's that's why I try my best to always, you know, display display that spirit of kindness, you know, have a very upbeat personality. Because you never know who's in your presence. You never know who, what they're going through. Right. And sometimes you don't even have to speak to that person. You can just look at them and just give them a nice smile. And you just bless them. You just turn their whole day around. Amen. Whole day around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, man. So you... Along going with that today, you know, you basically, you know, you have your leadership program and uh, tell us a little bit about that. What is it that you actually do in that program? Oh, so I do. I do quite a bit of stuff. You know, the the idea behind it is we we need leaders and we, we've got this great resignation worker shortage happening. And I was working with one of my clients and we kind of realized that there's, there's, there's some root issues. We have a fatherless issue and we need, we need, we need, we need moms and dads. We need, we need people that can mentor uh, not even just the younger generation, but you know, we learn from modeling. You have kids, so you understand 
my oldest is nine and it's been exciting and very convicting at the same time to realize that it's not as important what we say to him to do as it is what we show him and, and, and how he's picking up on those things. So, you know, we've got decades of poor leadership and so many leaders, the only, the only thing they have to look at is poor leadership. And they think that's how you do leadership. They don't know any other way to do it. So I've really got a heart to get out there and help train people in values-based leadership. It's not necessarily, you know, I love faith-based. I work with a lot of Christians where I can bring Christ into it. Uh, but I want to be able to impact you know, the larger community, public school system. I was a public high school teacher for, for 10 or 12 years. I want to be able to get into these areas with, with kingdom principles without the Christianese that, that, that we, can, we can utilize in the church. So bringing in values and, and helping. One of the first things I like to do is, is, is I want to help an organization come together. And the first place you got to start is figuring out what are the values? What are the core mm-hmm. values? The vision is really secondary. And my wife, Rhonda, and I learned that the hard way. We came on, um, you know, to some a leadership role and an amazing vision, but realized that we had a set of values and the, the senior leaders had a set of values that, that were not in uh, conjunction one with the other. Uh, you know, the vision is the picture of where we're going, but the values are how we get there. That's 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 the that's the manner in which we're going to get there. It's, it's going to be how we treat people. It's going to be how we treat ourselves, uh, making sure, you know, are we going to value ourselves or do we have values of working ourselves into the ground? So having that values alignment is really, really important and bringing in things such as hope, such as listening um, recognizing value in all people, you know, recognizing John Maxwell, uh, from Maxwell leadership, he says to, to visualize everybody with a 10 over their head. Mm. And, and, and that, that's that I remember hearing that. And that was a challenge. I had to really work at that, but I'll tell you, man, when you come into that place of being able to do that, oh boy, you really can champion people in a, in a new way. And you, and you receive from people in a very new way. You can receive from everybody when you see everybody as a 10. Still working on it with my kids, my four-year-olds especially, who talk and talk and talk. And sometimes I'm impatient thinking, guys, can you get to the point? Can you just get to the point already? Right. Intentional, just slow down, Mr. Task Manager. Mm-hmm. Slow down and just be present and look them in the eye and get excited about what they're saying. But having to be intentional to recognize that 10 but I have a heart to come into these organizations and really help leaders to become leaders. Managers are great. They, they, can, they can keep the ball rolling. They, they're great with processes and getting the, the company where it needs to be. But it doesn't mean that they're a leader. A leader is, they're about developing people. They've got a heart for the people that, that, they're, that are working for them, that they're working with, and they want to develop them. I love to come in and help leaders to figure out ways to to help their their staff reach their potential. And sometimes that means building a relationship and talking about some things on 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 days that might not have anything to do with that bottom line or or where the company is going, but it has everything to do with helping that person know that you care about them, that you value them, and that builds trust and influence to such a degree that when it comes to to talking about work, they're ready to go to the moon and back for you 
because they feel so cared about in that organization. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I, you know, that's very important to me, you know, strong, genuine leaders, you know, um, that's, that's, that's one of the things, um, you know, when we, you and I talked, um, last week, you know, I think we kind of talked about that, you know, uh, a bit, you know, like you said, um, homes right now, you know, you have a lot of homes that's missing, you know, the both parents in the house. And, um, then, you know, you have some men that are, you know, they're present, but they didn't have that father in the home right. when, you know, they, they weren't raised with that father. So they're doing the best that they can to be a father. But at the same time, their pride won't let them ask for help. Their pride won't let them ask for guidance. So you just pretty much like winging it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to realize you're cheating your kid because there's so much more that you can give that kid if you just allow yourself to open up and get around some strong, you know, men, you know, to, you know, to ask, you know, hey, you know, help me with this issue, you know, and I was trying to um, get this guy that kind of he kind of does the same thing that you do. And I was trying to get him like, hey, man, you need to do a round table with just men. Well, we can just like pour yeah. into each other because I guarantee you it would light a fire up under, you know, some brothers to say, hey, well, yeah, I'm dealing with this right here, you know, and I'm dealing with this right here because it's 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 very much needed. It's very much needed because like you said, it's, it's a huge shortage and it's going to get even worse, you know, unless something changes. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's gonna, you know, it's exciting because I'm a movement maker. I want to make, I want to, I want to get some movement going here and it's not looking like it's going to happen at the top with our federal government. We're the ones that are going to start changing and, and contrary to popular belief, you know, I've, I've never been a big fan of social justice because it's this idea that we change the whole society from out here. We didn't get to where we're at as a society because we changed it from out here. It started with it, it with an individual and, right. and it started with an influential individual. You know, it mm-hmm. got into Hollywood mm-hmm. and, and Hollywood started impacting the masses because right. the influencer created a movie that, you know, created a ripple effect down. We're going to do the same thing by one person choosing to better themselves. Yeah, I, I made this video today. <laughs> I put this mask on and uh, I said, why, why would I be wearing this mask? And I, I gave this analogy about the mask that comes down on the airplane and they always tell you what to put on you yeah. before your kid. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it doesn't yeah. make sense if you're yeah, yeah. conscious yeah. trying to get it on the kid and then the kid dies too. Right, right, it, right. John Maxwell is this this quote has just really been sticking out to me lately. He says success is adding value to yourself. And that's what you're talking about, getting these guys around a round table. It's adding value to yourself. Not only are 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 they each learning content together, but they're talking about things, sharing things that they can all glean from together and building a community of accountability, 
of vulnerability, of courage, of, of, of many different things that are adding value to them, that are, that are making them more valuable and more yeah. in demand so that we can move from success to significance, which is adding value to others. Yes. Yeah, man. Beautiful. And it, it's funny that it's funny that you just used that uh, analogy that you did. I actually did a video. Well, actually, my podcast last week, I kind of talked about that, um, about, you know, being on the aircraft and um, basically they telling you, you know, put your mask on and then put it on your kids. And I used that last week um, on my podcast. And it's it's very much true. And I was just kind of, you know, just thinking the people that was there for me when I cleaned my life up that um, had already lived through the turbulence. And, you know, they were there for me to, you know, to help me breathe when I was pretty much I couldn't breathe. I was struggling to breathe. So I kind of used that um, analogy last week. So it's, you know, hey, we think alike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we think alike, right? <laughs> we think alike. But man, Paul, man, this has been an amazing discussion, man. Um, thank you so much. You actually, I knew you. I knew you were going to just dissect everything that I um, pretty much threw out. But um, you went much farther beyond where I thought you would go, man. And um, I know my. Life Structure family totally, you know, got something out of this. And the, the the listeners that's going to listen from here beyond, I know they're going to take some great nuggets away from this. I pray that, you know, people will take, you know, the nuggets and apply them to their lives and, um, you know, help it cause them to build a stronger foundation and, um, you know, create them. Uh, strong, genuine relationships, but more than anything, strengthen their relationship with Christ. Um, you know, build that positive mindset so you know they can go out and lead. So they can go out and lead. You know what? Uh, I, you know what I would say, Eric, is don't just build a positive mindset. Build a kingdom mindset. You know, when when we accept Christ, it says we have the mind of Christ. Yeah, you know, that's, that's worth tapping into because it's not just mindset. It's not just per, per perspective. It's yeah. also, it's also, we, we have the power to tap into kingdom solutions and, and that's yeah. what the world needs right now. That's what I'm pressing in mm -hmm. for more than ever. God, I want to hear some of these deep revelations that are going to help solve some of these world problems where you're going to get the glory yeah, we're bringing into to government realms, into public school systems, and and because they see fruit, they're going to say, yeah, you know what? We usually don't open the door to this kind of stuff, but we're we're gonna we're gonna say yes because this is having such a positive impact. Yeah, that's I'm right there with you, Paul. I love that. I'm I'm right there with you, and and I have faith that it's going to happen. I have faith yeah. that it's going to happen. You know. Um, because we 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 have some people that um you know are you know um prayer warriors that um and they they love the Lord and they love chasing the Lord and they just haven't I, I I'm a firm believer they haven't found their way into you know um 
Congress and, you know, the state authority, but I truly believe and have faith that they are coming. And once they get in there and take, you know, God in there with them, the Holy Spirit in there with them, I believe that it's going to shift some things. And a lot of things where, you know, um, pretty much we have been blocked out of that wall has been put up to tell us we are not allowed in those places. I really believe that, you know, we will gain entry into. So, um, yeah, uh, before we close, is there anything that you would like to um, leave the listeners with before we close? Oh, I just I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the comments. I, I want to thank everyone who's engaged and I, w- I was catching some of the comments and uh, but I would say there's there's a lot of power in being vulnerable, um, you know, finding a group of people that are safe. And especially if you're a leader, there's so much power in, in sharing things that you've come through. And, and, you know, sometimes if the moment's right, say, hey, you know what? Even I struggle with that sometimes that that's normal, encouraging someone in that because they look up to you. And when you let them know that even you who they look up to, uh, you know, who they they've given permission to speak into their lives, that even you struggle with this stuff. It takes a lot of the weight and the pressure off and it it encourages them. Wow. If, if, if Eric can do this and even he struggles with this, so can I, I can step up. I can be that person. Uh, So that's, that's what I would encourage you with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree. You know, it's sometimes people see, you know, like yourself or myself and they think, oh, they have it all together. You know, they, they don't struggle with anything, you know, on on any given day, you know, um, you have that moment where you just kind of wean it, you know, uh, there's, there's plenty of days that if it wasn't for that thing called prayer, that if it wasn't for that thing called faith, it wasn't, you know, that I had those few people I'm connected to that I don't even have to reach out to. And I just get that text message from them. And they were like, you're, you're, you are totally on my spirit this morning. So um, I just sent a prayer out for you. And he's like, Whoo, okay, God, I'm back. You know, but it's just those moments like that, that you just got to know where to climb out of it. And just keep pushing forward. Keep pushing forward. Definitely. Definitely. So once again, Paul, um, thank you so much um, to everyone that's watching or listening. You know, I have Paul's um, website scrolling across the bottom there. Um, I will put it, you know, in the comments as well. Um, So I'm definitely... If you would love to connect with him, go to his website and um, connect with him. He would definitely love to connect with you. Um, as you can see, he's a great guy, so humble, but so knowledgeable. And he's a leader. You know, he's a leader and um, kingdom. He's a kingdom man. But Life Structure Family, thank you guys so much for um tapping in and hey hit that share button tag some people in it uh send them to it uh this is a great 
discussion and topic, and it definitely can bless someone. So um, definitely share it on your page. Tag at least five or six of your friends so they can see it as well. With that being said, you guys have an amazing evening and the rest of your week, and uh, I'll see you next Monday.